while we're getting set to get into the study, um, I do want to remind you all about our 2020 vision and our Jesus Loves You cards. All right, how many of you have been utilizing those cards? All right. Now, I, I really feel and did feel and still feel like those cards are going to be, um, they're going to they're accumulate. All right. It, it may not be that you go hand that card to somebody and, you know, they fall on their knees right there and repent. But I believe that through this church, if everybody in this church will uh, operate in giving those out and looking for opportunities to give those out, by the end of the year, there's going to be an impact that's going to be made in this community. People are going to, you know, you got one of those cards too? I got to find out what that church is about. I got to find out about this Jesus who loves me. Enough that somebody bought me dinner. Enough that somebody paid for my groceries. Enough that somebody bought my coffee at McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, wherever you get your coffee from. All right? Because our world today is skeptical of a church who only says Jesus loves you. Amen. Jesus said they, uh, that, that they will know by our works. They're going to see our works and they're going to know that we love them. Amen. So I'm asking us, we got plenty of cards. We're going to order more. All right, but I want us, here's what I want you to do. I'm asking you to pray in the morning because Brother Dyson just shared a testimony. Uh, it wasn't a preacher in the club. I hope it wasn't a preacher in the club. Amen. If the preacher went in the club, we got some explaining to do. He shouldn't have been there, right? It wasn't a preacher. God stopped by and visited him and gave him a hunger for the things of God. And he's not the only person that God is revealing himself to. And so I believe that we can pray and say, Lord, I pray that you would Lead me in the path of somebody today that is hungry for you. Lead me today to somebody who last night before they got in bed, they cried out and said, Lord Jesus, I need you, all right? And I believe if we will pray that prayer, God will lead us and direct us to people that need him. All right, so how many of you will do that? I'm asking us, let's make it a point, at least one card a week. All right, I think we could do better than that, but at least one card a week. And again, that's not an invite card, it's something, an act of kindness, buying somebody's meal, buying somebody lunch, buying them coffee, and then giving them that card. It just simply says, Jesus loves you, and so do we. All right? Okay, so let's get into our uh, Bible study. Again, some of the points that we have, that are um, the foundational points that are going to feed into every, uh, every week that we do this Bible study. It's every spirit that we talk about. These are the fundamental points that are the foundation of this study and the first thing is talking about those that have greater effectiveness in spiritual warfare. Amen. I want to be effective. If I'm going to go into battle, I want to be effective in battle. How many of you know what happens to people that go into battle and they're not effective? All right. It's, it's not good. All right. They usually end up, uh, anyway, you, you know how that, injured, wounded, badly wounded, or dead, right? And the, the devil is, if, if we think that the, the warfare of men is, uh, skilled. I promise you the devil has been fighting battles longer than men have and he knows how to take people out. So I want to be skilled. I want to have effectiveness in spiritual warfare. And here's what the traits that make people effective in spiritual warfare. First of all, they're able to look beyond the traits that are being manifest and identify the predominant spirit that is causing the issue. All right? They, they're able to look beyond the trait and, and what's going on and see the underlying spirit that is causing what's the, that trait that is manifesting. Secondly, 
They are skilled to know how to deal with it. And that's what we're identifying in this Bible study is how to look beyond the trait and, and identify the spirit. Secondly, how to deal with it. Right? How many of you can remember the first week we talked about the spirit of heaviness and what was one of the keys that we can defeat the spirit of heaviness? One of them was the garment of praise, right? And I encourage you as, as a people of God, praise and worship is not something we do as a filler, right, for 45 minutes before the preacher comes. All right, the praise, you, you can't praise God and joy not enter into your spirit. And now you can clap your hands and joy not come, but you can't truly praise God, which is gonna manifest itself in clapping of hands and singing songs of the Lord and dancing before the Lord. You can't really praise God and joy not enter into your spirit, amen? And so uh, we're talking about how to defeat it. So the second thing is how to deal with it. And then lastly is the desire to be free from it. Again, people, every one of these spirits that we're gonna talk about, the spirit of heaviness, depression, discouragement, Last week, jealousy, being envious of people. All right, every one of these spirits that we're going to talk about, people get addicted to the emotions that it, that it brings about. There are people that love being depressed. It gets them attention. It gets, they, there is an actual physical, emotional impact on them that they like. And so it's not enough just to know how to identify the spirit or even how to deal with it. You have to want to be free from it. How do you believe that God can deliver anything? Amen. He can deliver the alcoholic, the drug. It's not a hard thing for God to deliver, but in, even in the Bible, God uh, in the flesh, Jesus Christ did many wonderful miracles. He raised the lame. He opened blind eyes. But time and time again, before Jesus did a miracle, he would stop and ask the person, do you want me to do this? Do you want to be made whole? Why? Because people, even at Jesus with all the power, if you don't want to be made whole, he can't make you whole. If you don't want to be made whole, if you don't want your blinded eyes to be open, Jesus can't do it for you. You have to want to be, amen? So there are three battlefields of spiritual warfare. Again, this applies across the board to every spirit, and it begins with an obsession. And that is where your thoughts are consumed. Right? Depression, the spirit of heaviness, begins with an obsession. You start thinking discouraging thoughts, and even in the middle of Good news, you're just waiting for bad news to break out. It, it's an obsession. Next, it advances into oppression. And that is where that, the thoughts begin. Now you start acting out. All right? And then thirdly is possession. And this is where your mind is so consumed and your actions are so consumed that you just start thinking that's just the way it is. I'm just a depressed person. I'm just a discouraged person. I'm just a jealous person. I'm just envious. That's just my nature. No, it's not. You've just been possessed by an unclean spirit. Now, we think, you know, unclean spirit possession means, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, come up here and, I say it every week, levitate off the ground and foam at the mouth. Well, the, the, the devil's smart enough to possess people. He knows if you start foaming at the mouth, we're going to come cast the devil out of you. All right? So if, if he can get you to be possessed and think it's normal, then you're just going to stay possessed. Because you think that's just the way it is. So those three battlefields, obsession in the mind, oppression, we start acting out, and possession, we just think that's the way it is. All right, And we become controlled by these tormenting spirits. So bottom line in each of these spirits, spirit of heaviness, spirit of jealousy, and the one we're going to talk about tonight, and the ones from this week on, the intention of the enemy is to keep you from being everything that God created you to be. 
The reason the enemy uses that spirit of heaviness is because if he can keep you depressed and discouraged, you cannot be everything God intends you to be and be bound by, by spirits of depression. Amen? To be ate up with jealousy. You cannot be everything God intends you to be. The church will not be everything the church is intended to be if the church is battling a spirit of jealousy. So that's the bottom line in each of these is the enemy working to keep you from being everything that God desired and being able to enjoy everything that God has for you. So tonight we're going to continue by talking about the lying spirit. The lying spirit is identified in the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 22. Amen. If you want to turn there, we're going to, in each of these uh, spirits that we're talking about, and uh, by the way, we got the shipment, a small shipment for now, I think nine books we have right now. Um, if you want to get a book, what's the cost? $12. And I'll tell you, uh, pretty much I'm going right down the line with what the book says. I'm not, there are some things that I'm, maybe adding some illustrations in, but for the most part, I'm following pretty much in line with the book. So if you're here tonight and you'd like to get a book, they're $12. We've got nine right now. Uh, we'll order more. They're going to print right now to print more. All right, 1 Kings chapter 22. I'm turning there too, so give me just a second. All right, verses 21 and 22. There came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said unto him, wherewith or how? And the spirit said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. So in the context of these verses where the spirit, the lying spirit is identified, King Ahab, who obviously we understand was a wicked, evil king. He was getting ready to go into battle against his better judgment. He felt some level of anxiety and uh, trepidation about going into battle. And uh, the Bible says that he asked the prophet Micaiah, how is the battle going to go? And the prophet said, I had a vision. And in this vision, God is sitting on the throne. And he asked this question, who is going to persuade Ahab that he may go up and die in the battle. And after some discussion in the court of heaven, the scripture tells us that a volunteer stepped forward and says, I'll be the one to persuade Ahab to go into battle. And that's where the context of the scripture is. The evil spirit says, I will persuade Ahab to go into battle. And the Lord says, how are you going to do that? He said, I'll be a lying spirit and I'll get in the mouth of prophets and preachers and I'll get them to lie on behalf of the Lord or to lie speaking as if they're on behalf of the Lord, and their lying tongue will convince Ahab to go into battle, and he will die. Immediately, the lying spirit manifests itself in the mouth of 400 of the king's prophets, causing them to all speak the same exact lie. So be careful about saying, well, they said it, and they said it, and they said it. If all, if all those people agree, it must be the truth. No, no. All you need is one thing that says it for it to be the truth. 
I don't care how many people say it's this, that, or the other. Amen, it's this doctrine, it's that doctrine. The only thing, only voice you need to hear for doctrine is the word of God. Because the devil, a lying spirit, is able to synchronize and calibrate every other voice to speak deception, to bring about the destruction in the life of people. This demonic spirit was so effective that against the advice of God's true prophet, one prophet, Micaiah, was telling him, don't go into battle. God told me if you go into battle, you're going to be destroyed. But because 400 kings, or prophets rather, had been influenced by a lying spirit, Ahab is convinced by them. He rides into Ramoth-Gilead, and he dies in battle. Why? Because a lying spirit persuaded him to go into battle. And the objective of a lying spirit is to drive humanity toward the ultimate goal of spiritual deception. Now, we're often more wary of the greater devices that the enemy uses to destroy the souls of men. But the lying spirit that will lead you to believe things contrary to God's word and God's ways is just as deadly and just as effective. God, I don't want to fall into some addiction. I don't want to fall into adultery. I don't want to fall into some wicked compromising sin. But, but this subtle lying spirit that often we don't even realize what it's doing is just as, and I would say even more deadly than some of these other spirits that we're so afraid of. We need to be aware of a lying spirit, amen? amen. So here are some of the ways, and on your paper as well, some of the traits Again, we have to look beyond these traits and understand what's behind them. But here are some of the ways that a lying spirit will manifest itself. Accusations. Adultery. Avoiding spiritual authority. Compromising with sin. Man, the bishop over there today at that funeral, uh, he was, I'm just telling you all, he, 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 he reminded me of my dad just you know, guns blaze and walk into the OK Corral and just bring out the guns. And I don't care where I'm at. I'm telling you how it is. Uh, but, but he was talking to that church and he said, there are people here today. You call this your church and you call that man your pastor and he don't even know who you are. Amen. If this is your pastor, you need to be at church on Sunday. Amen. Anyway, avoiding spiritual authority is what brought that little uh, rabbit on. Compromising with sin. Compromising biblical absolutes. How do you still believe that there are absolutes in the Word of God? Right? I know we live in a postmodern world today where we don't like absolutes. Everything is left up to your conjecture. But I don't care what world you're living in, the Bible is still filled with absolutes. You must be born again. Deceit, divination, exaggeration, excessive talking. Don't look around right now. I know some of you. Some of y'all identifying spirits. False accusations. False burdens. False doctrines. False pity. False prophecy. False spirituality. False teachers. Flattery. Gossip. Hypocrisy. Insinuations. Lies. Quarreling. Religious persona, putting on the air that you're religious and you're not. Seeking approval by others. Strong delusion. Superstitions, two-facedness. Vain imaginations and vanity. Each of these are traits. And we can try to solve the trait. We can get focused. Well, I, I've got to, 
I've got to, I'm dealing with this trait. Well, we need to identify the spirit that is behind the trait. That's what makes us successful in spiritual warfare. Considering that our strength and stability comes from our solid foundation upon the word of God, a lying spirit becomes detrimental to anything and everything that it touches. Amen. The moment that this is no longer my foundation, I'm dead. The, the moment that the word of God becomes uh, uh, something that I may follow after, I may obey it. The moment that this is not my foundation and is just an advice in my life, it's just another voice in my life, but it's not what my life is built upon, I, the enemy has me. And the enemy knows that, and so that lying spirit becomes a detriment to everybody because the lying spirit begins to undermine the authority of the Word of God. A lying spirit strives to strip away anything resembling a religious or rather a righteous foundation. We're going to talk about how it does that. But the evidence of the effectiveness of this spirit is found in our culture today when the prevailing spirit of our day declares this, as long as I believe I'm right, then I'm going to heaven. That that is a prevailing voice in our world today. As long as I believe I'm right. If I'm if I am passionate about what I believe, then I'm going to heaven. Well, you can, you can get out here on the road and be passionate that you're going north and you're still going to end up at Point Lookout. If you don't have a compass, if you don't have something telling you the direction to go in, you're going to end up going and you may be passionate about all you want to. You're still going to end up in the water if you don't turn around. All right, absolutes. Okay, as long as I believe I'm right, then I'm going to heaven. Nothing could be further from the truth. There's going to be a lot of people that thought they were right that aren't going to make it to heaven. Many hellbound souls are caught up in lies propagated by the devil. And here's how he propagates it. Then by telling us there are no absolutes and that you don't have to do anything to get to heaven. It requires nothing of you to obtain salvation. All right, you need to understand, right, however the enemy might cloak that, when the enemy tells you that there are no absolutes in the word of God and, you, and nothing is required of you to make it to heaven, you are dealing with a lying spirit. Amen. The lying spirit was one of Satan's first weapons to bring about the destruction of humanity. Genesis 2, 16 through 17, the Lord God commanded the man, commanded the man. Everybody say commanded the man. Amen. Amen. God command me. Lord, tell me what to do. I want to be saved. Amen. Some, some of us can be so prideful about not being commanded that we end up lost for eternity. What kind of foolishness is that? That I've got so much pride that I won't let God or a man of God or the word of God tell me what to do so I'll end up lost for eternity. We need to humble ourselves and say, God, tell me what to do so that I can be saved for eternity. He commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely, absolutely, commandment, do this or you will die. Knowing, the enemy, knowing that the security of humanity within the garden and their innocence rested upon this firm, unwavering command of God and their obedience to it, Satan decided early on that the best way to cause the fall of man is to challenge the validity of God's command. And so the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, the serpent says to the woman, you won't surely die. 
I know what the Bible says, but that's old-fashioned. Amen. I know what that bald-headed preacher at the church preached on Sunday. But you don't have to listen to all that. That's just, that's old-fashioned. That's extreme. That's radical. You don't have to do all that. Amen. You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes will be open. And you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. The enemy undermined the authority of the word of God and told Eve, God is just keeping something from you. If humanity would have obeyed God's command, it would have continued to live in a state of purity and innocence. And I find this to be a consistent theme within humanity that our first response is to doubt God's truth rather than doubting the devil's lie. God, who had been good to them, put them in the middle of a garden and said, you can have everything you want. A good God who gave them everything they need, but God gives them one command, and then a devil who they had no relationship with shows up and tells them God's just keeping something from you. And instead of doubting that, that uh, slick, uh, deceiving devil who showed up in a tree, they doubted a God who had been good to them. And it's amazing to me how we can read the Bible where God says, don't do this or it brings destruction. And yet instead of doubting the world, we doubt God. Amen. It happened with Eve in the garden. And it happens to deceive people in 2020. For example, God's word tells us that his commandment brings us blessing. But we're quick to believe, or to doubt rather. We, we doubt that. God, I don't understand how that commandment is going to bring, uh, uh, how that can bless me. It seems, it seems like it's keeping me from something. And, it's, and we're quick to doubt the commandments of the Lord, but we believe that the lie of the devil that tells us that somehow that commandment is keeping us from a more joyous life. And how many people fall into that deception? The Bible says, don't look upon a woman with lust in your heart. Well, God's just trying to keep me from an enjoying life. And instead of, instead of doubting the devil, we doubt God and then we dabble in it and by the time we wake up, it's too late. And our families have been destroyed. And marriages have been destroyed. And lives have been destroyed. I want to challenge you. Doubt the devil before you doubt God. Amen. Doubt the lie of the devil before you doubt the word of God. If the Bible tells you something, doubt the voice that's telling you that God is keeping something from you. Amen. And don't doubt God, but trust his commandments. Amen. The same is true today as it was in the garden, everything that we need to contain, rather to continue to maintain a life of righteousness is found in the word of God. Amen. Everything that we need to continue a life of righteousness is found. Everything you need to live a blessed life is in this book. Amen. However, righteousness will always be jeopardized when we wrestle with a lying spirit. A lying spirit strips away your absolutes. Nothing's an absolute any longer. It's all relative. Well, if I feel like it, if I think that's what's best, if that's what everybody else is doing, and we relegate the truth of God's word to being relevant and relative rather than absolute. A lying spirit makes you question established truths. Ten commandments were given a long time ago to Moses. They still work today. Amen? They make you question established truths. 
And lastly, a lying spirit tears away your firm foundation. Listen to the, if, if you don't get anything else, listen to these next few statements. This is why a lying spirit is so terribly dangerous to carnal people. Carnal means we're led by the flesh. That's what carnal means. And we've all been there. We're all, we probably all get there from time to time. But carnal people whose flesh is already looking for an easier way to live for God. We're looking for the shortcut. I want to know what's the least I've got to do and still make it to heaven. You, if that is your mindset, you're, you are a prime suspect for a lying spirit because the enemy knows that you're already looking for a bargain. The enemy knows you're already shopping at the Goodwill store of salvation and you're just trying to find as much as you can to get by. And so he knows you are open to a lying spirit that will tell you you don't have to do all that to make it to heaven. They're extremely vulnerable to a lying spirit because it deceives them into thinking that they can get by with less than what God requires of them. Can I remind you that Jesus didn't hide from us what the foundation of following him was? He said, if you're going to follow me, I'm telling you right up front that it's going to cost you. You're going to have to take up your cross and you're going to have to follow me. Amen. Everybody, everybody say the cross. All right, there is no shortcut in salvation. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to die. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to hurt. It's going to cost you something. There's going to be sacrifice. Amen. And, it, and when we try to, well, I, want to, I don't know that I have to do, do I got to do that? Do I got to do that? Do I really have to do that? You are opening yourself to a lying spirit. Eternity is too long to be playing games with God. Eternity is too long to be looking for shortcuts. This fact is played out even in the life of Ahab that we read in the introduction when God said, who will persuade Ahab that he will go up and die today? A demonic spirit stood before God and said, I'll do it, I'll persuade him. And God said, without doubt, lying spirit, I know you will succeed. This wicked Ahab, I, I want to I wipe him out, but I've made promises I can't do that. But a lying spirit, you can go, and I've got confidence. That how? Why was it that God was so confident that a lying spirit would take Ahab to his death? Because God already knew that Ahab had been looking for shortcuts. Ahab was trying to do the least that he could do and still be right with God. Ahab had already been looking for shortcuts. He was already worshiping prophets, uh, uh, the God of Baal. He was already looking for the easy way out. And so God said, I know a lying spirit will work because that person is already looking for a shortcut. Amen. Not me, Pastor. I love God. Well, then obey his commandments. So the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, I love God, Pastor. I love him. I will never be deceived. Then stop trying to look for shortcuts and getting into your spirit that I want to do everything that God asks of me. Amen. I'd rather be on the side of being conservative in the kingdom and doing more than what I've got to do than always looking for shortcuts and doing the least that I've got to do. There are two sides to the danger of a lying spirit. First of all, it can influence you to be dishonest and deceptive toward others. Most of, probably when I first said lying spirit, that's what we thought of. And it leads us to lie. And certainly, there are folks that have been touched by that one. Some have been more than touched by that one. Anyway, we'll move on. 
It can influence you to be dishonest and deceptive toward others. Secondly, it can influence you to believe a lie and be deceived yourself. Some, not understanding how the spirit of lying operates, could be tempted to think, well, I'm not a liar. I don't tell lies. I'm, you know, I've got integrity. I don't tell stories. I don't tell fibs. So, Pastor, you're not talking to me tonight because I'm not influenced by a lying spirit. Now, I, there is no record in the Bible of Ahab ever telling a lie. He was an evil dude, but he was pretty honest about his evil. All right, there's no evidence that Ahab was a liar. However, we have obvious record of him believing the lies that were told him by false prophets. So when that lying spirit came to Ahab, it wasn't like he said, you know, yeah, that's, that wall over there is obviously purple. Right? Ahab, it wasn't like Ahab suddenly couldn't tell the truth any longer because that's not the predominant way that the lying spirit works. What it was is Ahab's ears became open to people who spoke for God but weren't speaking truth. And the, the same lying spirit that deceived Ahab can accomplish that same purpose by causing you to believe lies and deception. The lying spirit doesn't just come to deceive us into believing less than doctrinal truths, but other important biblical truths as well. Here are just a few that I've identified of common lies that are propagated by the lying spirit. If you've ever heard these voices, when I say it, I just want you to wave your hand. Maybe you could do it like a friend of your told you that, all right? A friend told me they heard that voice once. God could never love you. It's a lying spirit. God could not forgive you. You will always be bound by that addiction. You don't deserve to be happy. Because others in your family were, were a certain way, you're going to end up the same way that they were. That is a lying spirit. The lying spirit will show up and say that brother or that sister in the church doesn't love you. The pastor doesn't care about you. The church doesn't care about you. Nobody, if you don't even show up, they won't even notice you weren't there. Can I tell you what that is? It's a lying spirit. You will never be able to live a blessed life. The lying spirit will tell us that I don't know how I could live without my dependency on that person or that substance. There are people that are in terrible relationships, ungodly relationships, knowing they need to get out of it, but that lying spirit tells them you couldn't, you can't get out of that relationship. And I'm not talking about married folk. If you're married, you gotta make it work, all right? Some of you are like, oh, pastor said I could do it. No. <laughs> lying spirit says you will never be able to live a blessed life. The lying spirit says, I could never live the consecrated holy lifestyle that you all do. Lying spirit will tell you that. Well, pastor, I know that you and your family, that you live in, and the leadership at Living Hope, I know you guys. Can I tell you, holiness is not a Living Hope thing. Amen. Brother, Brother Dyson said holiness is a lifestyle. It's not a UPC thing. It's not a Living Hope thing. It's a commandment from the Word of God. The Bible says, be ye holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. Come out from among them and be ye holy. Be separated. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Without such, no man will see the Lord. You can be holy. You can live a holy lifestyle. If there's a voice telling you you could never do that, I promise you it's a lying spirit because the devil knows you will not see God without holiness. 
That sounds awful mean, preacher. Is it more mean for a preacher not to tell you something that's going to help you get to heaven or a preacher to lay it all on the line and tell you that without this, you're not going to make it to heaven? Or how about some of the weightier lies of deception? Lies that say, well, a, a kind God would never send somebody to hell. Lying spirits that show up to good church-going people. Because we do it over and over. And if we're not careful, it becomes just a monotony. And the devil lies and says going to church is just a waste of time. Lying spirits in our day to day that tell us that sexual orientation doesn't matter to God. That love is love. If a woman loves a woman and a man loves a man, that's just... You, you, you religious folk need to get over it. Well, I can't get over it because the word of God says that it's an abomination in the sight of God. All right, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm telling you that's a lying spirit, amen, that God created things in certain order and we've got to keep the order of the word of God. I know I wouldn't get voted into office and thank God I don't want office anyhow. I'm not called to be a politician. I'm called to be a preacher of the word of God. Church, you need to be careful about lying spirits getting in your ear that when the preacher gets up and starts preaching about sexual orientation, if we're not careful, we get mad at the preacher for talking about it. Why, why is that? Because a lying spirit has your ear. And you're starting to be deceived just like the, the church is not supposed to follow culture. Just because culture says that's the way it is, that's a lying spirit. The, 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 the lying spirit has the ear of the world, but it should not have the ear of the church. It doesn't mean we hate people. It doesn't mean we treat them bad. It means we pray for them, but I'm not, by, I'm not letting a lying spirit deceive me into thinking something is some way when God's word clearly says it's not that way. Yeah. Lying spirit says it doesn't matter if you worship Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha. Amen. It doesn't matter what you call God. They're all the same. That is a lie. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the door. The only way to be saved. If you're going to get to heaven, you got to come through me. That's the word of God. And again, that is the foundation that I'm building my life on. And if you're buying into that lie, if you're buying into that deceitful spirit, you need to rebuke it tonight because it has one objective, and that is your destruction. Jesus is the only way to be saved. Jesus, I'm going to say it again, is the only way to be saved. There are not many roads of salvation. There's only one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus. Come on, church, we got to stand upon that. We can't let a lying spirit gain access into this church. We've got to... Well, people may not like me. Well, Jesus solved that one for you. He said they're going to hate you for my name's sake. So we better get over this popularity contest, and we better decide right now, lying spirit, you're not welcome in this church. We're going to continue to preach the name of Jesus. We're going to continue to preach that there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that way is destruction. Amen. There's only one way to be saved, and that is Jesus. <laughs> lying spirit says God doesn't care about holiness. He's only looking at my heart. I love that when take, people take one verse and use it as a doctrine. One verse that was God talking about finding a king. 
right? It was when Samuel was looking for a king, and they're looking at the wrong guy. And, and, and God speaks to the prophet and says, I'm looking at the heart of that man. It wasn't talking about salvation. It wasn't talking about lifestyle. It wasn't talking about any of the things that we make it into. God absolutely cares about holiness. He cares about your inside. He cares about your upside. He cares about your downside. Amen. He cares all the sides. All right, we'll leave it there. He cares about everything. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable, acceptable, not, uh, not what you think is acceptable, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that perfect, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. Yes, God's looking at my heart, but he's looking at everything. When he became the Lord of my life, he became Lord of everything. The greatest problem, however, with allowing these obsess- this obsession, these lies bombarding our minds, is that your life will eventually, allowing it to bo- uh, continue to bombard your life, is you will eventually believe the lies. Just let the devil keep telling you that God doesn't care about sexual orientation, that, that, that it doesn't matter what, what you call him, whether you call him Muhammad or Buddha or Jesus or Whatever name you want to give him. Keep believing that and eventually it will convince you. All right? That's the problem. The Bible speaks of those who start believing the lies. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm going to read that again. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 12. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth. What does that mean? What that means is those who believe the lie. Because if you don't believe the truth, you do believe a lie. And all of those, the reason that that lying spirit is the damnation of your soul. Amen. We don't believe the truth, and because of that, we are damned, and we end up in pleasure in unrighteousness. That was all G-rated. That's Bible stuff I'm talking right now, all right? The lying spirit that had sought out Ahab had one when that lying spirit was sent forth from God or released from the throne room of God, it had one intention. It wasn't going to have some fun with Ahab to make him look foolish. It wasn't going to see what you know if it could convince Ahab to, uh, to, to go down a crooked path. It had one intention, and that was Ahab's destruction. So too, the lying spirit has one intention in mind for you and I, and that is destruction. It is a lying spirit that has taken the truths of the word of God and through the deception of men twisted truths into unbiblical doctrines and unscriptural traditions. When God asked who will go and convince Ahab, the evil spirit's response was telling of the tactics, how this lying spirit works. Because the evil spirit responds and says, I will go and persuade him. I'm going to go and persuade Ahab. Amen. Anybody here married? My wife, I think, is watching right now, so I'll be careful what I say. But my wife has a power of persuasion. And sometimes I don't even know that she's got that power until I'm doing what she had asked me to do. And I had started out saying, I am not going to do that. I'm not getting up and going to Walmart at 11 o'clock at night. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just not doing it. And before I know it, I'm sitting in the parking lot at Walmart. How did I get here? 
And I'm sure, you know, the ladies could probably testify that probably we have some power in that area too. I don't think that it's equal though. But the lying spirit revealed its tactic when it said, I will go and persuade Ahab. A lying spirit is often successful because it influences the mind of the, the, the susceptible individual persuading them with false ideas and untrue perception. How many of you know persuasion is a process? All right, Persuasion is not in a hurry. I mean, persuasion will take its time to get what it wants out of you. And that is what that lying spirit will do. It will just kind of introduce it. And the first time you hear it, you're like, absolutely not. No way. Even our culture, 40 years ago, when, when the uh, LGBTQRXYMLNG, whatever letters they got now, movement came out, even culture said, no way. But that lying spirit says, it's all right. Just give us some time. We'll persuade you. And now, not only is culture persuaded, but churches have been persuaded because a lying spirit is not in a hurry. It will wait around as long as it takes because all it cares is that in the end, there's going to be destruction. For example, the unbiblical doctrine of eternal security. Or once saved, always saved. Which if you didn't know it, that's false doctrine. All right? You can't get saved and then go live like the devil and think you're going to heaven. All right, you got to stay in the ship. you got to stay in the boat. Okay, but this doctrine didn't just pop up in somebody's mind like, wow, oh, eternal. No, it wasn't. It was a persuasion. It was somebody who began to think a thought, something like, well, God wouldn't send, a loving God wouldn't send people to hell. A loving God wouldn't be, you know, he, he, would, he would have, you know, he would let that go. He would let that go. And, and, and once that, that thought began, that lying spirit got in their mind, it began to form itself into a doctrine that now how many millions of people are going to miss out in, in, on heaven because they were deceived by a lying spirit in, in the form of this damnable doctrine of eternal security. This doctrine has persuaded many who were already looking for an easier road to heaven. Oh, so you mean that I can come get saved and I can get holy and then I can go out there and do what I want to do and still be saved? It's a lying spirit. They valued human reasoning more than the truth of the word of God. If your mind is being bombarded by a lying spirit, whether that be working to get you to tell less than the truth, some of us it may be that you know, we exaggerate things. You, know, you catch a minnow and you come home, man, I caught a whale today. Well, where, where did you get a picture of it? My phone fell in the water. You got a five cent raise on my job. Man, I got a 3,000% raise. All right, I'm, I'm just I'm throwing out some wild illustration. Okay, that, that is, if you're battling a lying spirit and you have to exaggerate things to make yourself feel better, or whether you are being persuaded to believe lies, the point is tonight, now let's talk about how do we defeat it. All right? We talked about how to identify it, how it attacks. I don't want to just know the fastball is coming. I want to know how to hit it. So step one, follow what you know to be biblical instead of following feelings that can be deceived. Follow what you know to be biblical. The enemy's no dummy. He, 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 he knows that as Christians that are wanting to stand on the word of God, 
We don't want to be cold-hearted and, and, and say that certain lifestyles aren't okay. And You know, I, I understand. We don't want to be cold. And the enemy knows that, and so he plays on our emotions, and then we become led by our emotions rather than the Word of God. Well, if you want to guard yourself against a lying spirit, then you need to follow what is biblical instead of your feelings because your feelings can be deceived. The Bible, when the Bible says the truth shall set you free, the opposite of that is also true. If the truth will set you free, then a lie will leave you bound. Believing lies will trap your soul in a perpetual condition of erroneous, insufficient beliefs. For this reason, you absolutely must remember that your heart can be deceived. Tell your neighbor, my heart can be deceived. My heart has been deceived. Okay, If you're here tonight and your heart has never been deceived, you're the first person outside of Jesus Christ that could say that. It's why believing God's word is of the utmost importance. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Believing that God's word is infallible. That means there's no error in it. That means it's not outdated. That means that I'm still living my life. I don't care what CNN, I don't care what Fox News, I don't care what President Trump, I don't care what President Obama, I don't care Republican, I don't care Democrat, I don't care Russia, Ukraine, United States, I don't care what anybody says. I am living my life upon the foundation of the Word of God. And it's infallible. I believe this book. I read this book and I believe it for what it says. I believe it. But believing that, believing not just that this is a good book to read once in a while, but believing that this is the infallible word of God is vital to your walk with God. Because if the enemy can convince you otherwise, if, he, if that lie of the enemy, if that lying spirit can convince you otherwise that this book is not infallible, that, that it's outdated, that it's old-fashioned, that there's error in this book, if he can convince you in that, then you will be deceived when your flesh starts looking for an easier way. So, Follow what you know to be biblical. How many of you ever had to obey the Bible but you didn't feel like obeying it? Amen. Follow what you know to be biblical rather than what you feel. Step two, realize any teaching outside of biblical guidelines should and must be exposed as deception by a lying spirit. Any belief. Any doctrine or any concept. I, I, you know, there are some teachings that I can understand, that, you know, that, that, that people can get tripped up by. But when I see craziness like these guys coming out saying they're Jesus Christ and, and that David Koresh down there years ago in Texas that was telling this congregation, I'm Jesus, so therefore I should be able to, your wife and, you know, whatever, uh, y'all keep it G-rated tonight, but. How do, you, how do you buy into that mess? How do you fall for that? Amen. Well, well it's when people get, start opening themselves up to teachings that are not in the word of God. Okay? If it's not in the Bible, I'm not believing it. If it's, if it's a doctrine outside the word of God, 
I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying into it. I'm not following it. Amen? Well, an angel showed up to me. We'll talk about that in a minute. If any persuasion coming from any voice in your life, we need to be careful in America with our celebrity worship. We love these superstars. They can dunk a basketball or throw a football. And if we're not careful, we elevate them to the same status as the Word of God in our life because they said something was a good idea. Entertainment, movie stars, teachers, preachers, I don't care who they are, pastors. If a man stands behind the pulpit declaring to be a preacher, a pastor, I don't care who they are. If they start teaching and preaching outside of the Word of God, it is a lying spirit. Including this guy right here. If I get outside the word of God and I begin preaching doctrines that are not biblical, if I can't show you in the Bible this is why we preach what we preach, then I have been possessed by a lying spirit and you need to run for your life as quick as you can and find yourself a man who's not afraid to stand in the pulpit and preach what thus saith the Lord. Galatians chapter 1, Paul wrote, But though we... Or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. That's why we take our foundation in the book of Acts and, and, and the, the, the Acts of the Apostles and the, the epistles that were written to the churches. Because Paul said that gospel that we preached unto you, if anybody preaches any other gospel than the one that we preached unto you, don't listen to them. Let them be, a, well, they baptized my babies. I don't care. If they preach a doctrine, a gospel, outside of what is preached in the Bible, let them be accursed. As we said before, so Paul said, say I now again, if any man, everybody say any man. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Well, pastor, an angel showed up in my bedroom last night. And the angel told me this, that, and the other. Well, can you find this, that, and the other in the word of God? Because I don't care. You can have a lot of dreams. But if your dreams don't line up with the word of God, they are a lying spirit. Three, here's how the third way. We demand spiritual integrity. We demand it. We demand spiritual. Listen, I, I, we, can't, we can't. This is so crucial that we understand how important this is. Life is but a vapor. It wasn't a week ago that a helicopter flew into the side of a mountain in California. And I don't know, perhaps, I, I'm probably younger than some in the building, but in my lifetime, I can't remember a death of a man that has shaken so many people. But it brought an awareness to humanity that life is short. Amen. We, we have to make sure, amen, for our sake, for our children's sake, that we are following in truth. Because you can get out there because it sounds good to your flesh and it feels good to the flesh and you can involve yourself in things because society and culture are saying it's okay. But I'm telling you, eternity in hell is a long time. Amen. You better do everything that you can to make sure that you are following. If I had to follow this word, word for word, and do everything, if I had to read the entire Bible every day and, and, and just sit there and do nothing but read the Bible, and that's what I had to do to make sure I got to heaven, it would be worth it. I'm not going to preach this tonight, but I was going to preach it Sunday, and 
I'll maybe get around to preaching it one day, but Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of God. And I just want to say this, parents and grandparents and, 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 and saints of living hope, be careful about making decisions that are going to take your child down a path. Amen. Well, they need to get a good education so they can make lots of money. Make lots of money and be lost for eternity. I'm not against education. I'm not against good jobs. But at the cost of what? At the cost of being lost for eternity because they get out into secular society and they're convinced that this book is errant and filled with errors and they don't have to obey it. I would rather my children beg for bread but make it to heaven than to live in mansions and spend eternity in hell. And if we're not careful, we just hand our children over to the devil because, well, they need a good job. And again, I'm not opposed to that. But eternity is more important than all of that. Anyway, the Bible tells us how dangerous it is to trust what our heart thinks. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. Nothing more deceitful than the heart. I've met some bad people. But the Bible says there ain't nothing more bad than my heart. Now, we put on suits and ties and pretty dresses, and we come to church, and we want everybody to think we got good hearts. Well, I just exposed it for you right now. you got a bad heart, a filthy, evil heart, and so do I. That's why I can't trust it. The heart is dangerously deceptive and can lie to you, tearing away your righteousness and your resolve to live for God. Here's a little litmus test. Has anybody ever tried to tell somebody who was in love? They were in a terrible relationship. You saw it. Everybody else saw it. But they were in love. Did you ever go to them and try to talk them out of it? How'd that end for you? Yeah, everybody's doing the same thing. That's why years ago I stopped advising people. When you come into my office and you tell me you're getting married... Congratulations. When's the wedding? I'll be there. I'm not talking people out of it. If you already got your mind, it's impossible. If God said, I'm not going to override your will, then what kind of prideful, pompous idiot am I to try to talk you out of something you've already made your mind up into? Because once the heart gets a hold of something, it takes you deciding I'm letting go of that thing. And it's easier to never grab a hold than it is to try and let go. But it is because the fact that our heart can lie to us that we must protect ourselves by demanding spiritual integrity in all things, everything. Demand it for your life. Why? Because eternity is too long. I can't afford some slick-talking dude into my life just because he says he's a prophet and a man of God and he's got titles and all this mess added to the end of his name. No, I want to know, are you in the word of God? Amen. Amen. You may have following. You may have worldwide ministries. But what I want to know is not do you have worldwide ministries. Do you have word-based ministry? Are you in the word? Demand it. Everybody say demand it. Demand spiritual integrity. And here are some keys and then we'll close. Here are the key requirements for spiritual integrity. Number one, refuse to be governed by human perception. Well, I thought. Well, I heard. Oh, I see it in the Bible, but, but I heard. Well, I, I know what the scripture says, but I thought. Spiritual integrity. Refuse to be governed 
by human perception. You're not smarter than God. I think it was Sister Monk said a couple weeks ago, Brother Mooney's famous statement at IBC is, God is God and I'm not. That's a simple statement, but man, there's so much truth. That statement in itself, if you'll live by that, will guard you from deception. God is God and I'm not. If it's in his word, he knows better than I do. Well, I don't think it matters who marries who. Love is love. It don't matter. You're not smarter than God. And God said it's not good. So stop trying to prove you're smarter than God. Secondly, refuse to be directed by fickle emotions. Well, I don't feel like. I know what pastor preached, but I don't feel like that's true. You know, I didn't really like what the way pastor preached. I didn't really like what he had to say. Come at me with scripture. All right, come show me what you didn't like about it in the word. If you can prove that I was out of the word, I'll apologize. But we've got to stop being led by fickle emotions. Because the devil can mess with your emotion, but he can't mess with the word. It's forever settled in heaven, amen? And thirdly and lastly, refuse to be controlled by carnal reasoning. And again, that's humanity, our thinking, right? All the reasons that the flesh would lead us by. Spiritual integrity requires that you align yourself with the word of God. In every area, every area, my finances. Well, I don't feel like tithing is important. I don't care what you think. The word. Well, I just feel like that's a preacher trying to get money. I don't care what you think. It's still in the word. Well, that's just an Old Testament thing. No, it's a Bible thing. All right, stop Googling for your answers and study the word of God for your answers. All right? Well, I, I just, I don't think that it really matters what I wear. Well, I don't, it doesn't matter what you think. It's still in the Bible. Right? Let's get back in. Spiritual integrity requires that I align every part of my life with this book. And that we make a deliberate choice to see, I want to see my life as God sees it. Not the way I see it. Not the way society sees it. Not the way culture sees it. I want to see my life the way that God sees it. Now, even if presently, even if tonight, you're not in a strong spiritual condition. You're like, well... You know, I, I would love to, Pastor, but it's too late for me. I'm a scumbag. You know, I've got some issues in my life. Let me tell you, you still have the ability to demand that your life be governed by spiritual integrity. Amen. How many of you care about eternity? I, I know you do. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. There's other things you could be doing. You're here because you care about eternity. So demand spiritual integrity. Demand that doctrine ought to be more important than how good the choir is. Amen. Doctrine ought to be more important than, than how cool your preacher's hairdo is. Hopefully you all believe that. All right? Doctrine. That I need to know you're in the Bible. I need to know you're preaching the word to me. I need to know that I'm, I demand that because eternity is too long for me to be led astray by some slick-talking man. I need to know you're in the book because my eternity depends on my foundation upon the word of God. All right? We'd be doing good to shut some other voices off because Brad Pitt and Angelina don't agree with me on a lot of this. They're telling you a different message. Oh, they're not preaching. Oh, they are, they are preaching to you. You don't think they're preaching, but you'll sit there and listen to them a lot longer than you'll listen to me. 
right? Brad and Angelina or whoever, I don't care what your movie, Tom Cruise, he can get you for two hours and, and you'll be mad when the movie's over. I preach 45 minutes and you're mad because I won't shut up. And the whole time they're preaching to you a whole nother gospel, a whole nother doctrine they're preaching to you. Amen. But demand spiritual integrity. That's the only way to defeat a lion's spirit because if I start looking for shortcuts and easier ways to make it to heaven, just like Ahab, that lion's spirit will show up and say, I'll, I'll take him out. I know he's looking for a shortcut. Let's stand together. I want us tonight to pray and I want us to say, I want us to pray as a church and I want us to bind the lying spirit. I want us to make a, a statement tonight that the lying, lying spirit is not welcome in this church. Amen. A lying spirit. I, I need you as husbands and fathers and mothers. I need you to demand tonight spiritual integrity over your homes. Amen. Demand that we are going to be a Bible-based family. We are going to make our decisions based upon the word of God. Amen. I know society has taken things that God established. They took the rainbow that was established as, as a covenant from God, and they've taken and they perverted that rainbow, amen? And, and, and if they're not careful, we, we just go right along with it. Well, well, well why, why are we so hateful? Why, why are we preaching that you can't just love whoever you want to love? It's not that we're being hateful. It's that we're standing on the foundation of the word of God, amen? So I want us to raise our hands together tonight, and I want us to pray against a lying spirit, against a spirit of deception that would tell you that God's commandments are keeping you from something. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bind the lying spirit. Lord, I pray. Lord, if I get out of line, Lord, if I begin to preach another gospel, another doctrine than what was delivered by the apostles, Lord, I pray for the sake of this church.